G'day and welcome to the 17X podcast series. My name is Mick Hayes. Thanks for tuning in. I have the absolute pleasure of chatting with entrepreneurs, visionaries, and absolute change makers on how they're using their business as a force for good in the world. We align these conversations with the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, the UN's global goals for the 2030 agenda that we simply must achieve. And it's my firm belief that our business community is our best shot at success. If you're inspired by these conversations, you'll absolutely love our 17X speaking events that tour Australian cities. Jump over to our website, 17sdg.com, that's 17 the word, to find out when our events are coming to a city near you. But for now, sit back and enjoy the show, and don't forget to subscribe where you are listening to stay up to date with our future episodes. Okay, hello, Edwina, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Mick. I'm so delighted to be here. Now, um, I'm a music lover. I cannot play a musical instrument to save my life. I am teaching myself the guitar very slowly. However, I was super excited to hear about what you're doing in the music space. But before we get into that, um, we do like to invite our guests to give us a little bit of a backstory, I guess, origin story, short and sharp, speed dating kind of version. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you've been uh, in the last little while and what brought you through to doing what you're up to now? Sure. So I guess I'm a social entrepreneur, an investor, a philanthropist, and um, I'm really interested in theories of exponential change. So I have a very international upbringing. I'm half Australian, half French, and I've lived in countries like Saudi Arabia and Yemen and Nepal and set up projects in India and worked at L'Oreal headquarters in Paris. And um, uh, about 10 years ago, I stumbled across a podcast about the X Prize, um, which basically was a prize that was designed to uh, kind of catalyze more innovation in the space race um, uh, and innovation to to get people out into space. And then that prize has served as an incentive and led to lots of investment in the um, in, in space technology, which is now kind of being seen 10 years later in the big kind of boom that we're seeing in that space. So I thought this was a really interesting model. Uh, In between time, I've worked at Documentary Australia Foundation, Um, not only because I think that, you know, a wonderful uh, social impact documentary can really inform and inspire you, but also because of this theory of exponential change of one film can really be used as as a tool for uh, informing millions of people and then they will go on and have conversations, change their behaviour, and it's a really effective um, mechanism. And so those experiences led me to create the Environmental Music Prize using, um, I guess, the same principle around music videos being digital tools that could be easily shared for um, exponential communication and and hopefully action on the issues that matter. Um, you're one of the many guests that I've had on where you've had, an, uh, I guess, an international upbringing, you mentioned, and have seen quite a bit of the world, which may have played a part, do you think, in your, I guess, vocation to be in the social enterprise philanthropic space? Do you think that international uh, worldly earlier years contributes to that kind of uh, path? Definitely. Um, I can't remember her name, but I listened to your last podcast and I had quite a similar upbringing to, um, to the last person you, you interviewed. Uh, I think definitely um, 
firstly, I guess, understanding that there's many worlds out there, there's many mm. um, perspectives and people, but also the scale of it, I think, is um, what probably draws people into the, you know, uh, sustainable development goal space, wanting yeah. to work on the big challenges because when you when you start traveling you see the diff- so many differences but also similarities and you kind of start to think on a more kind of systems level of mm. how can we affect change on these big issues um, in an effective way and and kind of replicate it in different ways across different demographies and cultures yeah sure and it, I, it really fosters that empathy around what's going on around the world right seeing things from other perspectives. I um, highly recommend anyone out there that's listening that hasn't had a chance to travel around to, to get out there and, uh, and have a look because the, the world's got a lot to offer, right? Um, so the Environmental Music Prize. A, a friend of mine told me about this not long ago and I went, How, uh, this is so cool. Uh, can you tell us what are you doing with this amazing platform? Sure. So um, quite surprisingly to me, it's the world's first uh, major prize that is designed to um, amplify the voices of artists who inspire action for climate and conservation. So I had the idea uh, last year during, I'm part of a committee that puts uh, on the Nexus Summit, which is the largest group of young philanthropists in the world. And uh, we were putting on a a summit last um, March at the Opera House and and the Arts Centre in Melbourne and online. And um, I got to interview Jane Goodall and I thought, and other climate leaders. And I thought, great, I'll play some documentary trailers at the beginning um, and also some great music videos. So there's no shortage of great, you know, environmental documentaries that you could kind of lead with to immerse people in the need to act on climate. And then when I went searching for a similar thing in the music video space, I fell on some Earth Day playlists, you know, referencing Earth song by Michael Jackson and mm-hmm. um, uh, other songs by the Beatles and, and things from the 60s and 70s. I was like, hold on, this is completely crazy. We're in the middle of a climate crisis. There's so much music out there. Surely there are lots of contemporary songs on this issue. And, you know, looking around, I found some really fantastic ones. But it kind of was a really niche uh, area. And so I thought, well, I must be... Uh, you know, as a mother of two who's working like three jobs, I must be just completely out of touch with the music scene. So um, <laughs> I reached out to the CEO of Green Music Australia and he said, no, like there's lots of artists who care about these issues and, you know, are involved with not-for-profits or, you know, using their voice on various campaigns. They're not necessarily um, those who are outside that kind of, you know, I guess greeny artists like uh, folk kind of area are not actually bringing that into their music, into their lyrics, into um, into their music videos. And so I, um, I thought that there was an opportunity. There was also like a really strategic imperative around the election that was coming up, which was kind of the biggest, you know, climate, climate event and cli- climate deciding event in Australia and also had like international ramifications. So yeah. I thought instead of waiting for someone else to do it, which clearly, you know, should have been done by much larger organisations than, than myself, um, I decided to quit my job, put in the $20,000 prize money and, and some of the hard costs and just start working on it. You know, it is, a, it is now a registered not-for-profit, but really I've kind of taken a very startup like yeah. 
a startup approach to try and uh, just get it off the ground as quickly as possible. So uh, you funded the prize yourself. Yes. <laughs> what a legend. That's so cool, mate. Um, well, and now, and now I have to say there are a few other philanthropic supporters and we've also had lots of pro bono support from, from organisations who have helped with, like, you know, the legal setup or I have a great organ- agency at the moment, Paper Moose, who are creating the video that you, yes. that, that, you're, <laughs> that people will go and see, like, with the wrap-up of the prize. So it's really yeah. a kind of coalition of value-aligned partners, not only the environmental. So at the moment we've got over 40 uh, impact partners, uh-huh. and they're uh, all the environmental orgs from Greenpeace, WWF, uh, Ocean Impact Organization, Wilderness Society, and um, the Climate Strikers, uh, yeah. Australian Youth Australian um, Youth Climate Coalition, and really big organizations like that. But also, you know, other organizations like Future Super and Humanitics, and others yeah. who share the same ethos yeah i'm on your website here there's a lot of brands here um it's unreal uh so you've got some pretty cool artists on here though right um i voted for paul kelly full disclaimer here because you know he's just paul kelly um i even found i love that i found i'm a bit of a metalhead and i found there's like a metal song on here um there's you know stuff from briggs you've got king gizzard like where'd you find all these people so we put a bird call out there through, um, we were really lucky, APRA, who is the organisation that manages all the music rights. Yep. Uh, they came on board as an impact partner early and so they shared in their newsletter to 70,000 uh, singer-songwriters in and managers and things like that in Australia. So that got the word out to the music industry um, where I had zero contacts, so that was very helpful. And yep. then I also did a bit of a a list of, you know, what are the existing songs in the space? <laughs> if we if we had a prize, who would we ideally like to apply? And then there was a bit of tapping on the shoulder with, uh, you know, you have a relevant song, you're invited to apply, it's not going to cost you anything. Yep. And we're, the, the aim was to make it um, only, only empowering and helping artists after what had been a really, really difficult two years with COVID and lockdowns and things. So, um, you know, basically we asked them to submit an, a song that already existed so there was no uh, some of them have actually got excited and created music specifically <laughs> for the prize but the oh. objective was just that they were able to leverage things that they already had they could just submit the youtube video that already existed and then there was a chance of the prize but also support through media and other opportunities that we're providing yep. And so the criteria for them was that they had to have some kind of music that was speaking to some part of the environmental, you know, crisis or outcome. Exactly. So either referencing an environmental issue or just celebrating nature and, you know, inviting people to get get together and and behind um, greater action. So it was really important that it wasn't just, you know, climate emergency songs with like a, I think what was really important to us was A, that there was a diversity of artists. And so there's 24 artists there. And as you said, there's like, there's a Sikh rapper, there's a, the world's first um, carbon neutral band is actually a heavy metal band called In Heart's Wake. Uh, There's pop singers like, uh, you know, Lime Cordial and and, um, Jack River. But then there's also, um, uh, there's two, there's two school kids uh, there's some Indigenous artists. So there was that whole demographic 
um, kind of diversity, but also a diversity of moods. You know, yeah. I think as the climate issue progresses, it's going to become ever more present in our mind and we're going to have moments of great, you know, excitement and coming together and moments of despair and frustration. And mm. so you kind of need that whole emotional palette to be right. there. And so it was, um, and the user votes, right? So we get to vote. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So at the end of the day, the whole point is not some kind of self-congratulatory prize, yeah. but it's all about engagement. So the there's lots of impact metrics behind this, yeah. uh, but the most uh the most powerful one for me is the fact that 50,000 people came to the website and wow. the different videos and uh, read the artist's story. So each each artist obviously has their music video up there on which you could vote. But they each had an artist page also about why they wrote the song, their motivation and the environmental organisations that they support. Yeah, cool. So the big question is who, who won? So King Gizzard and the Wizard Lizard, they have ah. a song called called uh if not now then when very uh -huh. appropriate title yeah and they obviously have a cult international following they they had uh -huh. thousands of votes from all over the world um they're also a band that this was not a one a one-off song they already have a number of other songs that you yeah. know reference either environmental issues or kind of they do they call it post post-apocalyptic uh rock yeah um, yeah so it's all a bit psychedelic and kind of really imagining what the world might be if we don't act. Yeah, I kind of find them, like, not so much their lyrics, but certainly the music, a little bit Led Zeppelin kind of of, of our generation. But um, King Gears and the Lizard Wizard, there you go, the winner of what the first, the, the world's first environmental music prize, right? The world's exactly. first. Exactly. <laughs> and, and the other exciting uh, yeah. thing you will have seen is that they have donated their the full prize money to the Wilderness Society, who's oh, actually wow. one of our, who was one of our first impact partners. So there's this, like, amazing circularity. Oh, that's um, so great. And for me, who really cares about environmental issues and put the initial prize money in, you know, yeah, I could have obviously yeah. given it to a climate org or, an, or, or, you know, the wilderness directly, but that $20,000 has had the most massive, ex, mo, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the most massive um, multiplier effect, you know, in between we had the artist that applied had a million um, followers on Facebook, cumulative, uh, Facebook and Instagram cumulatively. We had like 50 news articles, um, as I said, we had 50,000 people come to the website. We had 7,500 people voting from 58 different countries. Wow. Um, and now we've got some massive organisations on board and more, most importantly the music industry that are kind of taking note and wanting yeah, to get absolutely. involved. So, um, yeah. I'm, so, so Triple J, if you're listening, you need to get on top of this next time. <laughs> completely. Well, t Triple J... Triple J, a fantastic organisation and uh, and platform. They are not official partners, but um, their assistant music director was on the selection panel that chose oh, the the thing. So, but we would like to partner more closely. Today, <laughs> so Triple J, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get you get you on their show. Um, oh, that's so great. You know, like you say, you, you could have just donated that prize money yourself to any one of those outcomes, but this is. Like talk about upping the game, right? Is obviously you weren't aware that the winner would actually give the, the prize away. However, um, 
you know, you think about leveraged impact and, you know, how you can really take a message and make it community driven, uh, you know, so, so much success. I guess I got to ask you, how did it feel to actually pull that first winner out of the hat? Well, we didn't win. I didn't do anything about the win. I was completely winner agnostic that, you know, it was up to the people, I guess, like referencing back triple J, one of the, like a lot of thought went into the prize design, but obviously like looking at triple J's hottest 100, you know, the fact to have this, this uh, really engaging um, award that, you know, millions of people vote for their favorite song, people watch them, share them, you know, say why they care and like get into kind of a heated debate about what's the best song and why. And, and so I was kind of hoping for that level of engagement and well, we're not there yet, but like eventually I'd love this to be something that people are, you know, sharing their top 10 songs or why it really matters or what the um, environmental issues that really matter to them in a similar type of way. Just to kind of shift gears a little bit and think about music in general as a as a tool for activation, you know, or um, you know, bringing communities together on important subjects. Like it's been used since, you know, music's been used to to protest and enact change for generations, pretty much since it's been around, right? What do you think? What is it about music that that, that does that? Is it a connection thing, or is it just another medium? Well, no, it's not just another medium. It's uh, it's intrinsic to pretty much every human culture and civilization, and mm-hmm. and even you know animals like, you know, we have mating calls, and uh, you know, different different animals create create sounds or music to to communicate, and and vi- I guess even vibrate. Uh, through their body to to send messages. So I think um, music is key to to expression um, in all different types of cultures and mediums, but it's also a storytelling tool, you know. We obviously have like oral history of of sharing messages and and stories, but often that was done through music. And so I guess this is an opportunity to tell the story of our time right now that's a particular moment in history with a very unique challenge that humans have never faced before. And so, you know, we absolutely need the scientists and the research. I'm not saying music, you know, um, music is the only avenue, but we we need things that are going to activate people, make them more emotionally receptive to actually going to and reading those articles or giving them as well moments to maybe when they're listening to the music to reflect on things that they've read or they've thought of and mm. kind of going into a different space and, and digesting it and really kind of processing it because it's, it is a lot to, to take on board. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so what's the future for the Environmental Music Prize? Is it going to grow with more artists or just similar type of format with lots more votes and engagement? Look, it's a it's an evolving it's an evolving thing, and obviously it will depend on on you know opportunity and partnerships and things as well. Uh, at this stage, I think I think the prize design is pretty well the the prize is pretty well designed. I'm I'm very happy with like the outcomes of year one. Definitely, I mean to have gotten already some of Australia's top artists involved. I think year two will be only exponential of that it kind of leaves then the challenge of if we have so many signed artists applying how do we leave room for 
you know, some of the emerging talent as well to have a voice and bring something new and different to the table and, and leave opportunity for them. So potentially the creation of multiple prizes across like various categories. I have already announced the intention to, to go global. So um, awesome. that, that as well will depend on, on, um, on a few things. But um, the intention is probably to open up to English language songs internationally. I just yeah. uh, probably need a little bit more funding <laughs> to be able to actually, you know, deliver on that vision because I am yeah. quite terrified at the volume of uh, yeah. applications that could come in. So, yeah, especially when you get into that big American market, right? <laughs> and uh, and some of those other big ones over there, or even you know, like. Twenty thousand dollars, and I hope the prize. I hope the prize is a hundred thousand yeah, dollars. Well, that's right. Or a million, uh, yeah. but that's a lot of money in many parts of the world. So, mm. um, yeah, yeah, I guess. If um, you so, uh, tell us a bit about the impact partners that you're working with through this. So I noticed you got Greenpeace there. You, you're working with these guys. Um, who else are you working with? And and I guess, how does the Environmental Music Prize kind of partner with these great organisations? Sure. So, um, in the case uh, in the case of Greenpeace, I reached out to the CEO of um, Greenpeace with the concept, and so got a meeting almost straight away, which was fantastic. He instantly understood um, the concept and also the the value, and I guess the opportunity for the environmental movement to reach out and uh, activate more people you know, where they are, where they're interested. So he was actually on the, uh, like, strategic advisory panel, but also on the selection committee. So I didn't choose the finalists. Um, it went out to environmental leaders like him and, and a number of other environmental leaders, um, music ambassadors, and some, some of our strategic partners. And they, they selected the 24 finalists from some, some songs that had been shortlisted already. Um, and and then as an impact partner, Greenpeace shared the prize on their social. I think they're going to share the winner. They're they're sharing the winner uh, in their newsletter. And um, and and yes. Yeah, so for me, the the aim of the prize is really to be at the service of the environmental movement. I see the music videos as being an additional tool that. Um, not just organizations, but also community groups can use to mobilize supporters, educate people, use at, you know, use at rallies or build a build a build a playlist that kind of expi- inspires you to take action. And so it was really important that it was movement led. I I listened to a really interesting podcast, which also <laughs> motivated me to do the prize called Where's Our Climate Anthem? Yep. And uh, they were you know, explaining this problem that lots of great social movements like the civil rights movement or, um, you know, the women's movement, they all have a, they all have an anthem or several and that there wasn't really one particular song that was rising to the top in the environmental space and, uh, and that there was a need for that. So uh, that was confirmation. They also spoke about the fact that, um, that for an anthem to be adopt, adopted, it can't just be, you know, telegraphed from the top. You can't have someone saying, you know, hi, I'm Rihanna. I've just yeah. done this thing. This is the climate <laughs> anthem. anthem. 
<laughs> it's it needs to kind of be chosen by the people and and start and to be used by the movement and so yeah. like intentionally in the prize design we went to the movement and the people working and said what songs resonate with you what do you think you know um people who care about these issues would be interested to see mm. that's so cool um and like given your history uh that you've you know, your career in the past before the, the prize and now starting this up. Yes, it's a not-for-profit, but you're definitely obviously running it very much startup, lean startup, kind of uh, social enterprise methodology in your system. Um, how did partnerships play a part? Because obviously, yes, we're a Global Goals podcast. We talk to Goal 17 quite a lot. Um, how partnerships are definitely one of the key priorities that we need to approach with a really positive collaborative mindset. Um, how did partnerships from your previous, you know, roles or, or businesses play a part in, in setting up um, the environmental music prize through a community or partner led kind of platform? Were there any key lessons or anything that you took out of your career that really came to the Ford in this project? Mm, a couple, but probably most prominently the um, the work of Documentary Australia. Documentary Australia is a, um, a, a not-for-profit and through which philanthropic funding flows to a whole range of social impact documentaries. Yeah. The most successful of those and the ones that end up having a real impact are those that are able to form an like develop an impact strategy and form partnerships. And so map out the space and say, I'm going to do a film on adult autism, for example, who are the existing, you know, actors in the space, talk to them about like their needs, what what they want, you know, what are kind of key outcomes. And then um, either, you know, in, either integrate that in the story or at least when people at the end of watching the documentary are activated and want to do something, give them a really clear set of things they can do sign up to this organization's newsletter, uh, volunteer here, donate to this campaign, write to your local MP for better services or whatever, and, and really like clear messages um, that, are, that are informed by the partners. And then the partners actually become the distribution model. So impact documentaries don't really have a big marketing budget and often they're seen, you know, hundreds of thousands of times because then those organisations that really care about that issue share the documentary, their followers share it. And so it's actually a new pathway to market as well for the, for the documentary. And so in, in relation to um, this, for, in, in, for the Environmental Music Prize, it was really about, I guess, two ways of looking at partnerships. Obviously, my primary goal is around impact and being at the service of the environmental organisation, so drawing them into the design, involving them in the choice of the songs um, and and uh, then working with them and bringing them closer to the artists. So they were able to, um, some of our key partners helped um, put on a climate leadership climate music leadership workshop for the artists. And so, you know, people from Greenpeace and Australian Progress um, gave a kind of training on climate advocacy to some of the top artists in Australia. And they thought that was a fantastic opportunity. And the artists oh, also yeah. thought that was amazing. They were, you know, so excited to have a kind of behind the scenes strategic view of how to think about these issues. And then, so the impact part of partnerships was really important. 
but the other thing was also about scale and reach. At the moment, you know, it's essentially been me working by myself for free for the last year. And so what I could have done alone was was very small, but many of these organisations have, you know, massive reach. And if they're behind the project, they can very easily share the prize to 100,000, 200,000 people. Mm-hmm. And so the reach of the artists plus the reach of the environmental orgs combined is is massive. Yeah, sure. So really using those partnership strengths and creating win-win outcomes, right? Exactly. And then also I think for, for the partnerships bit, I also uh, I asked for a little and I tried to give a lot. So I made it really easy for people to jump on board for free uh, with all the assets and something that was already like very developed. And so, I mean, I guess especially in any organisation, but especially in the not-for-profit space, you know, all these organisations are so underfunded and bootstrapped. They don't have time if, no matter how great your partnership idea is, they don't have time to work on it or dedicate a resource. Um, and so you need to make it super easy for them to um, yeah, sure. do it. So um, one question I do have to ask, Documentary Association, what's your favourite documentary? Have you got one? Oh, I guess the one that really kind of inspired me to do this is um, 2040, which oh, yeah. is... Uh, which is by Damon Gamo, and it's a it's kind of a hybrid documentary. They call it an exercise in like fact based dreaming, and so it's imagining what the world would look like in twenty forty if we just implemented the kind of climate friendly solutions that already exist today. Yeah, here's a um, from Tasmania. That guy, right? Is he from Tassie? I'm not sure. I think he currently lives in Melbourne, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Fan. I love that one too because there's definitely some of that was like. Man, that stuff's so easy. Why are we not doing this? <laughs> like some of it, and obviously some of it was a bit more challenging. But anyone that hasn't seen Twenty Forty, go and check it out because uh, it's definitely great. Um, look, it's been fascinating to hear your story, and um, and you know, using music as a movement, like it's obviously not new, but to to frame it around the environment the way that you have, and and obviously this community led and and artist-led movement you've created i think uh next year you're going to blow seven and a half thousand votes out of the water man it's going to be i reckon you at least tenfold at a minimum um oh yeah uh, the main question for you was who did you vote for what was your favorite uh, i th- i a a that is a that is a <laughs> that no I, I i don't have i don't have a favorite um <laughs> as i said i'm i was completely outcome agnostic at the end of yeah. the day okay. i was like whichever Whichever artist resonates with others, that's what I care about. I'm Sweet. not the target market because I'm already super engaged. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all right. I thought I'd you on the spot there. But, um, yeah, look, it's been fascinating. Um, congratulations on taking the leap and the courage to, to do this. Um, and, you know, absolutely the next few years will be interesting to see how that global model pans out and it, the level of artists that you're going to have on this in the next few years, I think, is just is just huge not to say they're not huge already like some of the artists you had there are just just amazing amazing artists um so look if people want to get in touch and understand more about so we'll put the link to the environmental music prize website uh in the footnotes guys so if you want to go and check it out have a look at all these cool artists there's some really cool music there uh, the briggs tim Minchin video is really cool uh it's all about like lockdown and they kind of put stomo on the uh 
on the sword a little bit. <laughs> it's good for a laugh as well. Using comedy to uh, to manage challenges, I think, is, is really cool for those guys. Um, but, yeah, so click the link. I want to have a look. But, um, Edwina, if people want to actually connect with you personally, what's the best way? Probably LinkedIn. So uh, Edwina Flock, F-L-O-C-H, um, and and follow the the prize there or connect with me personally. And, um, and yeah, I, as you said, I hope people go to the website and find a song that, you know, ins- makes them reflect and inspires them to do bold things. Yeah, absolutely. Look, so we'll put the LinkedIn link down there below as well. So if you want to connect with Edwina, please do reach out. Um, fantastic story. And, uh, yeah, be ready to vote for next year's Environmental Music Prize. Um, any ideas on when that goes live yet? Got a schedule? No, I'm still I'm still digesting this year, <laughs> but um, I'm off cool. to New, I'm off to New York to um to to meet with potential partners. So hopefully, exciting so let's come. keep our so sign up to the socials, newsletters, and everything so we can keep an eye on it. Um, the Environmental Music Prize, it's a new movement. Let's let's get around it and um, yeah uh get, be ready to vote next year but edwina thanks so much it's been fascinating to talk to you and i uh, appreciate you taking the time super thanks mick have a beautiful evening well that's it for today's episode thanks so much for tuning in be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening so that you can stay up to date with our future episodes and now it's time to jump over to our website 17sdg.com that's 17 the word to see when we are coming to your city with our 17X speaking event that's touring Australia in 2022. We're coming back to the stage in every major city in this country to put social innovators, change makers and leaders on stage to share with us in their keynote how they're using their business, their brands, their products and their people as a force for good in the world for the 2030 agenda. We can't do this stuff alone. We need you in the room. I really hope to see you there. But for now, go out and create some impact and enjoy great things.